All right. Well, amen. Amen. It is uh, kind of good to see you, um, even though I'm staring into a camera. But uh, I know you're there, and I'm really excited to gather around the Word today. It uh, certainly is not the same as being in the room together, and uh, we feel the pain of that, even as we record this, uh, keeping our six-foot distance from each other. And uh, But welcome. My name is Mitch. I have the joy of being one of the pastors here at Redeemer City Church, and this really is an unprecedented time, isn't it? It's a, a time where we have to separate physically uh, and make the most of our time relationally, which is an interesting thing to do, um, and socially and, and all those things that you're attuned to. But I want to encourage you this morning, uh, and I want to encourage even those of you specifically that might be facing a difficult time right now. I just want to encourage you that what we've been looking at in the book of Exodus uh, speaks directly to you in that when Israel was facing distress, when they were in troubled times, uh, God was there. He heard them, he listened to them, and he acted on their behalf, not always in their time frame, but he did. And so I, will, I want to just invite you to call to the Lord in prayer, to not neglect that, and then connect with us in whatever ways you can. Um, and uh, many of you have, have our phone numbers and emails, and you can get that on the, on the website. And, and we want you to connect with us. We want to be there for you and pray with you and serve you in any way that you can. And Mallory already talked about a lot of the ways that you can connect with us. So please do that. Please take advantage of that and uh, um, let us serve you in that way. But we're continuing our study in the book of Exodus. So if you have a Bible, copy of God's Word, or um, have a phone nearby or something of that nature, uh, it'll also be on the screen here. And uh, follow along with us. We're going to be in Exodus chapter 10. Exodus chapter 10. And while you're turning there, um, I, I want to uh, continue to stoke the fire of anticipation as we look towards both Good Friday and Easter and those things that are just massive on our calendar. And if you've missed any of the previous sermons, you can find those on our podcast, wherever you go to get your podcast, you can get them on our website. You can also get them on YouTube if you'd prefer to watch. And so uh, catch up on them, and uh, you probably have a little bit more free time now uh, than you did before, so uh, make the most of your time there and catch up. But I say all that because last week, if you'll remember, we spent time around a certain question, and the question was this, are you, are we listening to God? Are we listening to God? And that's a difficult question at times to answer. I'll just I'll give you one aspect of this coronavirus pandemic that has uh, really caused me a lot of anxiety, frankly, is the pace of life. The pace of life that we're suddenly being forced into. I have way more time and I feel like I have less time. And that's really strange. It's, it's just a really weird change that has taken place. And, and that's just one of the tough idols in our culture. And perhaps you're watching me. I know most of you. 
And I know that you are go-getters, you're type A's, there's a lot of you like that, not all of us are, uh, you might be a nine on the Enneagram, we love you as well, and, uh, but in our culture, we run fast, and we run hard, and we get stuff done, and uh, in our home, we are wrestling with what it looks like to move at a slower pace, and it's an idol in our culture. It's been an idol in my heart at times. Uh, And being forced into that different pace and uncertainty, it gives us anxiety as we don't know what the future holds. And so so I have to preach to myself, look up, right? Look up, look up to Jesus. And so let me ask you again as we uh, move into today's text, uh, what do you need to hear from God in this season? What is it that... He's speaking to you and will you listen? Because here's the reality. As we look at Pharaoh and we look at his life and we see that time and time and time again, God is gracious. Nine plagues worth. Nine of them. And then the tenth one was quite final as we'll see today. But God was gracious to give him opportunity after opportunity to listen and repent and to turn from his own way, to turn from his pride, to turn from his own sacred cows as we talked about on Wednesday and look up to the Lord for salvation. But he refused. He refused. He refused over and over and over again. And today we're going to see that God's patience eventually ran out. But it wasn't for a lack of patience. There was much patience. So eight plagues have taken place as we've come to our text in Exodus chapter 10. Um, And Pharaoh and the Egyptians are experiencing the oppression that they have inflicted on others for centuries. As Pharaoh hardens his heart towards the Lord, the finality of that decision comes to bear in his own life and the lives of the nation that he is leading. Let's pick it up in Exodus chapter 10 verse 21 and let's read to the end of the chapter. Here's what Scripture says in Exodus 10, starting in verse 21. The Lord said to Moses, Extend your hand toward heaven, so that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt, a darkness so thick it can be felt. So Moses extended his hand toward heaven, and there was absolute darkness throughout the land of Egypt for three days. That's significant. No one could see another person. And no one could rise from his place for three days. But the Israelites had light in the places where they lived. Then Pharaoh summoned Moses and said, Go, serve the Lord. Only your flocks and herds will be detained. Even your families may go with you. How gracious am I? Just leave your animals, leave your livestock, leave your flocks. Verse 25 But Moses said, Will you also provide us with sacrifices and burnt offerings that we may present to the Lord our God? Pharaoh had missed the point of them leaving. It was for freedom, but it was also to worship and serve the Lord. And livestock was an important part of that, as that would be a primary way that they would sacrifice and atone for their sins as they looked forward to Jesus. So verse 26, our livestock must also go with us. Not a hoof is to be left behind. For we must take these animals to serve the Lord our God. Until we arrive there, 
We do not know what we must use to serve the Lord. Verse 27, But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he was not willing to release them. Pharaoh said to them, Go from me. Watch out for yourself. Do not appear before me again. For when you see my face, you will die. I love Moses' response in verse 29. Moses was no joke either. Verse 29, Moses said, As you wish, I will not see your face again. And Pharaoh likely had no idea what he was wishing for. You've heard the phrase, careful what you wish for. Maybe it originated right here with Moses. Careful what you wish for. Nothing says judgment quite like darkness, quite like death. That's really what plague 9 and 10 are all about. But uh, this plague number 9 is darkness for three days. And according to the Lord here, the darkness had to be felt. Very significantly, it was darkness for three days that led to the death of the firstborn son in the next plague we'll look at. But more on that in a minute. Travel in the ancient world was done only in the daytime for obvious reasons. Safety, visibility, all those things that would make sense if you were traveling on foot. This was darkness all day, all night for three days. Darkness was the realm of the dead. And the final plague would come on the midnight of that third day of darkness. Once again, Pharaoh would fake repent as we read. He would fake repent and offer a qualification to the clear command of the Lord to let the people go so that they could worship and serve the Lord. This final time came the offer to let the people go, but not the livestock. Because remember, as we talked about Wednesday, uh, the Egyptians worshipped livestock. That would have been an important economic resource, an important spiritual resource to them. Uh, But yet it was for Israel as well. And so Moses rejected this offer as a reminder that the livestock were not to be worshipped, but rather they were to be sacrificed to the Lord God as an atonement for the sins of the people. Naturally, this angered Pharaoh, and he never wants to see Moses again. How prophetic would that be? Be careful what you wish for, we said. Think about what you pray for. Pray about wisdom and good and right desires in your heart because Satan and idolatry are cunning and crafty and deadly. Pharaoh would, in fact, never see Moses again. Pharaoh will eventually give his life because just as Jesus told us when he was walking on earth, Jesus said, just like Pharaoh, you can forfeit your soul in search for the world. What does it profit a man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? Darkness would have been terrifying to the Egyptians because they worshipped the sun. The sun, the sunset represented death, but the sunrise offered them hope of resurrection. Pharaoh himself was known as the son of Re, the incarnation of the god Amun-Re. Amun-Re was the god of all their gods. He was the king god. But even Amun-Re could not help the people. Our false gods will never help us. They'll never deliver on what we want them to because as darkness came for three days, the sunrise never came, reminding the people that God only 
is to be worshipped and served. God alone, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the I Am, as we studied, is only to be worshipped. And so last week I asked, are you listening? This past Wednesday night we considered what our idols are. And this week I want to pose two totally different questions. But pressing farther in, not just are you listening, but as you're listening, I want to ask these two questions. And the first one is this, who is your Savior? Who is your Savior? And that seems like an easy question, a really church question to answer, right? Like if you could get that right at any moment, you could just say Jesus, right? But think about it. Are you looking to Jesus every day of your life for your salvation? Not just eternally, but in your identity, in provision, in your anxiety, in your hope, in your peace. Shalom is found only in Jesus Christ. Jesus is our vision. As, as we've seen, even in this pandemic, that we've had to realize rudely that we're not in control of this world. Only Jesus can bring us peace. He is our vision. He is our way. Jesus is our truth and our life. So who is your Savior? Who are you looking to as a rescuer from, as the text says, from this present darkness in front of you? Let me ask you this. What is your present darkness and death? What would that be if you lost this thing? It would be darkness. It would be death. What is that thing? As we look at the life of Pharaoh and move into chapter 11 here, uh, we pick up more of the story here and we, we go into this final plague of death and the finality of God's judgment. Let's, let's look at chapter 11 here, these 10 verses. The Lord said to Moses, I will bring one more plague on Pharaoh and on Egypt. After that, he will release you from this place. When he releases you, he's speaking to Moses, remember? When he releases you, he will drive you out completely from this place. Instruct the people that each man and each woman is to request from his or her neighbor items of silver and gold. Now the Lord granted the people favor with the Egyptians. Only God can do that. Granted them favor. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, respected by Pharaoh's servants and the Egyptian people. That's a turnaround, right? Remember, he fled Egypt because he wasn't favored. God can do anything. God chooses the weak things of the world, 1 Corinthians 1 tells us. So verse 4, Moses said, This is what the Lord has said. About midnight I will go throughout Egypt, and all the firstborn in the land of Egypt will die. From the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sits on his throne to the firstborn son of the slave girl who is at her handmill, and all the firstborn of the cattle. There will be a great cry throughout the whole land of Egypt, such as there has never been nor ever will be again. But against any of the Israelites, not even a dog will bark against either people or animals. And here's why. So that you may know that the Lord distinguishes between Egypt and Israel. All these, your servants, will come down to me and bow down to me, saying, Go, you and all the people who follow you. And after that, I will go out. Then Moses went out from Pharaoh in great anger. The Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh will not listen to you, so that my wonders may be multiplied in the land of Egypt. So Moses and Aaron did all these wonders before Pharaoh. 
But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart and he did not release the Israelites from his land. With the final plague, death of the firstborn, God begins to prepare Israel to leave Egypt and be with him. And this is shalom. This is peace. This is fullness. Peace comes from God within very present trouble. Israel was not only, not only to leave, but they were to ask their Egyptian neighbors for gold and silver to fulfill what was said in, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 21 and 22. We're not going to go there, but it's fulfilling a, a statement that was made. And they were simply to ask for that provision as they left Egypt. No gimmicks here. What we see now is that the Lord begins to fight their battles for them. For that final plague, no request was made to Pharaoh, rather an announcement of what was coming. Not let my people go, but my people are going to leave. It was too late for Pharaoh. This makes Moses angry. What a remarkable response, but a humbling one. Perhaps Moses was seeing how the decision of one man was about to affect the entire nation in the worst possible way. Our sin affects those around us. And so we go back to that question, who is your Savior? Who are you looking to in the midst of trouble? Dads and husbands, who you look to in a practical way to solve problems affects your family. Do we pray first? Do we look first to Jesus for salvation? Moms, wives, who you look to affects your family. Singles, who you look to affects your friends. And and here's another reality, who you look to affects your future. Because who you look to for salvation will affect the decisions you make today, which will affect your tomorrow. Who are you looking to in the midst of trouble for salvation from that trouble? And so the last question that arises from the text for us is this, who is your God? Who is your God? Because that's ultimately what it boils down to. If we're looking around for salvation and we're, our eyes have drawn up, it's to what? It's to God. Here in Scripture, we meet the real God. He emerges as all-powerful and sovereign amidst the many false gods of Egypt. Only the Lord is almighty, sovereign, ruling over creation with the plagues, jealous for His people. He will punish people according to their sins And he will not share his glory with another. Isaiah echoes that years later. However, he will share his grace. He's a merciful God. He's a God of second chances. Seventy times seven, in fact, Jesus would later say. In other words, there's no end, there's no limit to his grace and his mercy. He will save all that cry out to him for salvation in humility and genuine repentance. Mercy and justice are always mingled. And the most important and astonishing act of mercy happened when this God, this God of the Exodus, this God of justice and holiness and righteousness, sent His Son to walk among us in spite of our sin And then die at our hands on a bloody cross to make a way for us to be made right with Him. That's what we look forward to on Good Friday and Easter. So that we can be adopted into His eternal family. God passed over us, as we'll look at next week, and punished Jesus in our place. 
Jesus Christ, the righteous one, was punished instead of you and instead of me. He took God's justified wrath for us. And as one theologian wrote, everyone will be judged. Either Jesus took your punishment at the cross or something worse than the plagues is coming your way as you face final judgment. I'm going to put this up on the screen and uh, I want to just leave this statement with you as we come to a close here. It's this, you can know God as your Savior or you can fear Him as your judge. You see, God is both love and holy. He's love and just. And His way of satisfying His holiness, His righteousness, His wrath against sin was to send Jesus and that is now in your court. Will you look up to Jesus for salvation? Will you do it now? Here's my plea to you today, if you don't know Jesus, that you would know Christ as your Savior today. Don't harden your heart against Him like Pharaoh did. For those of us that know this Savior, that know this good God, I ask us, how are we going to actively reflect Jesus to the world during this coronavirus pandemic? We have to ask that question. How do we be the church? How do we mobilize to our neighbors and our friends and our families? How do we act like Jesus would in this? He would be wise and he would be active. We've been thinking about that even as a staff team and we're going to be sharing, as you learned in an email this week, even some practical ideas, some practical ways on through our social media channels about ways that we can be the body, ways that we can be the church and be active even in spite of stay-at-home orders and all these other things. Uh, we want to be an active participant in the future building of this city because we love it and we know that we have the way to peace that it is looking for. And so I hope you'll add to that conversation as it comes and I hope you'll pray with people and invite them into this relationship with Jesus that we enjoy so much. Can you do that? I know you can. I've already been seeing so many of you do it on social media and just loving that and being proud of you as uh, not just Redeemer people, but as children of God. Uh, acting the way we ought to act, not in fear, but in wisdom and love. So let me pray for you. Thanks for being with us today. Uh, hit the comments on the side or below, depending on what device you are. Uh, let us pray with you. Uh, even online right now, you can hit live prayer. and we, we would love to pray with you and just walk with you through whatever uh, you're dealing with. Uh, give us that privilege, would you? Hit the comments also and uh, tell us uh, what you're praying for and uh, how you're uh, being the church. So thanks for joining us. Let's pray and we'll call it a morning. God, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for Jesus. As we look at these plagues and at your righteousness and your holiness and your hatred of sin and your wrath against all of those that won't bow their knee to you, we're humbled by that. But with that judgment came mercy, came grace, and it came in the form of your Son, Jesus. And so we look to him today for our salvation. We pray for 
every single person affected by the coronavirus, that you would touch their body, that you would draw their vision up. That if they don't know you, that this slipping away of control would draw them to you. Pray that you would put someone from the body of Christ in proximity to them, that they might hear good news. I pray for the medical professionals that are uh, hard at work, that you would provide for them, that you would keep them safe, and that you would be near to them, as your word says. And then I pray for solutions, God. I pray that as we continue 21 days of prayer, even today, even this morning, right now, that you would move in mercy on the people of this world and that as a result, the church would have a loud witness around this country and around the world that you are a merciful God and that even when they don't have control, you do. And if they will turn to you for salvation, you will gladly adopt them into your family. We praise you for that. So Holy Spirit, would you be with us this week as we uh, be the church, as we are the body of Christ. Uh, Give us wisdom. Lead us uh, where you would have us to go. We love you. And it's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us. And uh, we'll see you this week on all the social channels. And I look forward to connecting with you there. Thanks.